A good mince pie is a joy at Christmas. There are various ones you can try. How about these? Hi, and welcome to day five of the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Mince Pies, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. I was sick of Jean. Her cafe over the road was always packed and mine wasn't. I'd been here for nearly ten years, and Jean had arrived six months ago one hot summer's day, with her granary-style counter, her inventive cuisine and her late-night opening hours. Slowly, she stole my clientele. I could see them bustling in there, hoping I didn't notice. I sent my friend Debbie across to investigate. I didn't want to seem like I was spying or worried, even though I was. Debbie said it was good. She wasn't going to lie. The apple pie was delicious, even addictive. In fact, people she spoke to inside the cafe agreed. Damn. It was close to Christmas, usually my busiest time. But cupcakes sat uneaten and the soup grew a skin. I had to see what all the hype was about. It was time for me to find out for myself. One grey, rainy night, I shut my empty shop up, took a deep breath and crossed the road to Jean's Café. The place was packed. I nearly talked myself out of it, telling myself I wouldn't get a table when I saw a couple get up from the table by the window and walk out. It got immediately cleared by one of Jean's staff and the hefty tip they had left got taken. Now I had no excuse. I was embarrassed, I can tell you that. I knew Jean must have noticed me from the other side of the road if I'd noticed her. Luckily for me, she was nowhere to be seen. I took the table, ordered a coffee and began to peruse the menu. I chose soup, carrots and coriander. It was served with a honey and seed mini loaf. I wouldn't have thought of that. Good on Jean. It was clear I needed to update my style. I had plans to go straight home and order some books online, see what other people were doing and see what I wasn't. Debbie had told me that Jean was famous for her mince pies. People were buying them by the dozen. I was quite full now, but decided to take three of them home with me. On the walk back home, I felt a mixture of dejection and excitement. I could certainly see why Jean's place was more popular than my establishment. With a few changes to my decor, I felt confident that I could match that. The style of food and presentation could be learned. For now, Jean was better. She had won the battle, but not the war. By the time I got home, I was so relieved that I had taken that huge step of going in and having a look. Giving my hard-earned money to Jean now seemed like an investment. I dropped the paper bag containing the mince pies onto my kitchen table and opened my laptop. After an hour, I had eight books on the way to my house and another two on e-book. I could read those now. All the time, I could smell those mince pies and my mouth watered. Just before I started the e-books, I took out my first pie and ate it. I could understand why those people had told Debbie that they felt addicted, as I felt like I wanted to eat the next one straight away. This was weird. 
I didn't really have a sweet tooth. One mince pie a week would usually be enough for me. Maybe even one per season. However, I felt disappointed that I had only bought three. I would have to return tomorrow. Have to. I ate the second one. Now I felt like I didn't want to take Jean's custom. What if she stopped baking? Wouldn't be able to eat these. And I had to have more of these little beauties to eat. Before I got to the third pie, I was interrupted by the phone. My mother excitedly began talking even before I said hello. I played with the pie's pastry, breaking pieces off while waiting for Mum to just get off the phone. Every so often, I had to make the right noises to show that I was listening. I don't know what she said, I was just thinking about the next pie. All that I remember was that she wanted me to come over straight away. I said I would, but only for a short while. I had books to read. I ate the third pie. Oh, how I wanted so many more now. I wondered if jeans would be open. I'd get some more, buy some for Mum. I hurriedly put my coat on and went back out into the rain. Jeans were shut. I could have cried. Looking back now, why didn't I think that feeling so emotional to find the clothes sign up was strange? There was a light on, way back in the kitchen. Jean must be prepping for the next day. Putting more hours and effort in than me, obviously. She deserved her success. I went to Mum's. Her big news was that one of her neighbours, whose sister was in the retirement home, had said that there had been a massive fight in there. A fight between several 80-year-olds and two had died that the place was going to rack and ruin because over 15 of them had just upped and left, disappeared over the last few weeks to find another home, and this particular inhabitant was ready to go as well. I was distant, looking out at the rain, only half listening to Mum. What do you think about that then? Mum asked. I think they all need their meds upping, I replied. No! Lots weren't on meds at all. You're wrong. This is the best bit. It's a virus, Mum said. What rubbish, I said. It is. And they all caught it from that place. The new cafe that is stealing your business, Mum informed me. What? I asked. All of them had been there. The ones that had the fight. There was theft involved, apparently. Phyllis's sister has worked it out. It's some kind of anger virus. It's very out of character, apparently, Mum said. Oh, that's strange. What about the ones that have gone to another home? I asked. They had been too, the ones who had left. But she must have cleaned up that day and there was no virus. It's still funny, though, that the day after they were in the cafe, they went to this new home. They said it gave them the willies there, Mum said. In the home? I asked. No, in the cafe. But the women didn't mention they were leaving. But the next day, they were gone. Phyllis's sister doesn't know where this new home is. And I said to Phyllis, your sister hasn't got plans to move, has she? And Phyllis said, no, Mum said. So they all go to the cafe, say it gives them the willies, and then they do a midnight flit. 
I asked. I don't think they did a flit. They went to another home. Strange, isn't it? Mum asked. How do you know? I queried. How do I know what? Mum asked. That they've gone to another home if they never mention it the previous day, he said. Because they aren't there and they left a note saying so, Mum said. Each one left a note saying that, I asked. Yes, she replied. Fishy, I said. So don't go in. I'm not. We'll end up mad. I'm going to tell everybody, Mum said. Mum was a little too late for a warning, as I had been and indulged. Up to yet, though, I wasn't suffering from any madness. Not as I could tell, anyway. Yeah, I'll keep away from it. I've got to go, I said a little rudely. Do you feel okay, love? Mum asked. No, Mum. I feel dizzy. It's been a long day, I said. All right, you get home quick. Get a milky drink and go to bed, Mum kindly said. I didn't reply. I just shut the door behind me, only half thinking about what Mum had said. A virus? Even I knew viruses couldn't do that. I walked back to Jean's. It was still shut. Now the lights were off. Jean had gone home. It was about time I did too. There were books to read, plus I wanted to get to bed early. I needed to buy more pies from Jean's. It kept me awake that night. The taste of the juicy mincemeat. Just the right mix of sweet citrus and spice. The buttery pastry. When I awoke, the pies were the first thing I thought about. I got ready quickly and rushed to my shop. Jean's wasn't open yet, but I'd make sure that I was her first customer. As it was, I wasn't the first. I saw a man enter the second that the assistant turned the sign from closed to open. I stood impatiently behind him, glancing back over to my unattended cafe, but as usual no one was there. The man in front of me placed a large order. Twenty-four mince pies, three large apple pies, a lasagna, which was baked at home, and six enormous iced cupcakes. There was a sinking feeling in my stomach. What if there weren't any more mince pies? What happened then? At that moment, I hated that man. Have you got any more mince pies? I asked, the second that the man had taken his change. Oh yes, how many would you like? The assistant asked. I hadn't thought of that. Um, twelve please, I said. The assistant didn't blink an eye. As usual, Jean was not in the main body of the cafe, but I could hear someone banging about in the back, so I reckoned she was trying to keep up with the demand for her product. I walked out of the shop. Wait until you're back in the shop before you eat one. Wait until you're back in, I told myself. I didn't, though. One was in my hand and then my mouth while I was still walking. It wasn't until a car honked its horn that I snapped out of my eating frenzy and stepped back onto the pavement. That was a close call. I ended up getting back safely and began to prepare myself for the day. I promised myself that every ten things I did, I could have a bite of a mince pie. I managed to wait for every ten jobs, but I didn't manage to just have a bit. I had a whole pie every time.
It was nearly lunchtime before I got my first customer. By then, all of my pies had been eaten. Twelve pies. I was becoming a pig. As I took the lady's order, I glanced over at Jean's. It was packed. I saw a group of four people look inside, notice that it was busy and people were queuing, and then sadly walk over towards my cafe. That part didn't upset me. It was the fact that there was a queue at Jean's and I wanted more pies. I needed more pies. The people entered and I gave them a menu. I walked back to prepare the first table's order. When I went back to see what they wanted, my mouth was watering. I could smell Jean's food on them. Oh, you smell so good. Have you just been into Jean's? I asked. Not into, just outside, they said. I can smell it on you, I said happily. I leant over them. The smell was terrific. It was in their hair, on their heads. When they blinked, the smell intensified. We're going to go back when the queue's gone down. We'll get some stuff for tea. Would you like us to fetch you something from there? One of the ladies asked. No, no, I'll go over myself. I don't know what I want yet, I told the group. It wasn't until after four that I got my chance. My cafe had been dead since lunch and I was waiting for the queue to go down in jeans. My head throbbed. My stomach squeezed for the food. I had plenty of food in my own cafe, but it wasn't what I needed. When I went over, I took one loop down the road and ran full pelt across it and into jeans. I had my apron on, was soaking wet and probably looked like a madwoman, but I didn't care. Do you have some more mince pies? I asked. The assistant looked at me and glanced across the road. Probably the honking car earlier had alerted her to where I was from. Are you selling them in your cafe? she asked. No, I said honestly. Why would you think that? You had a lot this morning, that's all, she commented. I stared back at her. She could think what she liked as long as it didn't stop her selling them to me. Anyway, I'm sorry, but you can't have any, the assistant said. What? I shouted. Why are you doing this to me? We've run out, that's why. I've got other stuff, but no more mince pies, said the assistant, a little alarmed by my outburst. My eyes darted across the counter. <sighs> Apple might do. What if it didn't? There were steak pies, pork pies, cakes. What if I didn't get the hit? It was closing time soon, and I had to make it through the night. My chest felt tight and I felt dizzy. I didn't know how I was going to make it until 9am tomorrow. I clutched the counter and tried to make it all stop while I decided. This was important. I was so close to the food, it smelled the same. It would be okay. Four meat pies, twelve cupcakes and all the apple pies, I said, exhaling. She got it all together and I paid. I didn't even say thank you. I just walked back to the shop, managing to devour a cupcake on the way. I shut my shop and went home. I laid the goods out on my table and worked out how often I could have one. How I could get through to the morning. Somewhere deep in my brain, a part of me was saying that this wasn't normal, but I wasn't listening to that voice. 
Perhaps, I told myself, I had a deficiency and there was something in Jean's food that was feeding it. Yes, that was it. That was the first of the lies I told myself that night. One of the many excuses I made. Mum rang at about eight, but I didn't want to be bothered tonight. I let it go to answer phone, and I could hear she was saying that she'd been telling everyone she knew about the viruses in Jean's. I could cry. How could she do that to Jean? She asked me to call her back, and was going on about saving my business. But her message on the answer phone was interrupted by her doorbell going, so I told myself that she was busy and promised to call her tomorrow. I made it through the night and set off to work early. Every person I passed smelled like Jean's food. Their hair, their ears, their breath. It got to the stage that my mouth was starting to water as people passed me. They smelled good enough to eat. I made sure I was first in the queue at Jean's. I made a large order and finally I got some. I got some of the mince pies, although to be fair, everything was just as good. Right behind me was the man who was first in the queue yesterday. He looked tired and annoyed to see me. I was proud of myself. I'd worked out that I needed some of the food every 15 minutes, so I'd accounted for that. I would visit there again at about 2pm. There was no way I was leaving it as late again. I had 24 pies. I might just make it. I was happy all morning. Every 15 minutes was just right. When the box started to get a little emptier though, my mood began to drop. This coincided with a crop of customers who were Jean's overflow. I didn't want the work, but on the upside... They smelled so delicious. I leaned over one as I took their order. They smelled so good, I had to keep myself from biting them. The customers stared over longingly at Jean's too. I knew each one would make a visit afterwards. I didn't blame them. As I smelled one man, his wife looked across at me. She smiled and nodded. I know. Doesn't my Albert smell good? He doesn't normally, though. I think he's found a secret stash of brute or something, she said. I laughed, and the man didn't seem to take offence. At two o'clock, I went over and got twelve items. At three o'clock, I was disheartened to see that Jean's had a queue, and I was starting to get anxious. At 4.30, I saw a slack time over there and ran across. There wasn't loads left. The assistant had decided not to comment today and just waited patiently for me to make my mind up. I thought about the long night ahead of me. How long I would be kept awake thinking about it. I decided to take the lot, everything that was left in the cafe. What I didn't eat could be spares, or I could give them to Mum. No, I couldn't ever give them away. The other day I was going to buy some, but not now. I should ring her back, really. When I got back to the shop, I closed it. I ate a meat pie and looked around the place. Really, it was very comfy. I could stay here. Why go home? That was too far away from jeans. I had black blinds that I could pull down and make the shop very private. I didn't use them very often, but tonight I would. 
I felt a lot calmer now that I wasn't going far. I laid the produce out on my tables. I was looking forward to tonight. I never thought about watching TV or reading a book or ringing mum. There was just me and the food. That was all I needed now. I counted them out and could allow myself six per hour, as my appetite was becoming insatiable. At that rate, I might still have a few extras. I would make it until 9am. Everything would be alright. I tried to make each item last the ten minutes it had to. It wasn't easy. To distract me, I kept peeping through the blinds at Jean's, which was slowly winding down. It closed. The assistants went after cleaning up. The Christmas lights were left on, but the shop was dark. The next time I checked Jean's, I saw a chink of light and some movement from the back. The genius was at work. I wanted to see her. She had become my idol. I took three apple pies with me. That would give me half an hour before I had to get back. I was excited. I went around the back of the cafe. A car was parked there, which I assumed must be Jean's. The entry was dark, but there was a little light in the kitchen. I opened the back gate, which led to the yard. There was Jean, hard at work, baking more delights for her lucky followers. I crept up to the window. By the light of the gas stove and Christmas lights, she busied herself. Jean moved away from where she was working, and I could see that she was making pastry. That was good news, because I needed some more of those pies tomorrow. Next to the pastry was a big bowl of what looked like cupcake batter. Jean was now at the hob area and stirring a pot. She lifted some up to taste and I could see the fruit, peel and spices. Jean even made her own mince. I'll give it to her. She gets ten out of ten for effort. Suddenly, she moved towards the back door. I darted into the shadows. I put my hands over my eyes and mouth. I don't know why. Jean flung open the door. The smiles from the kitchen were fantastic. She walked down to her car, rustled around in the boot and came back with a football-sized item in a bag. She shut the back door. Feeling safer, I moved back to the window. Jean was working back near the pastry but was fiddling with the bag now. She picked up something at the side which seemed to be a small ice cream scoop. Strange. This must be Jean's special ingredient, the one which no one could resist. She took a scoop of whatever was in there and stirred it into the cupcake batter. Aha, it was the secret ingredient. Jean took another scoop and moved over to the bubbling pot of mince. She plopped the lump in. I saw it drop from the scoop. It was greyish-white. Jean began to break it up with a fork and got to work stirring it in. I looked over at the bag by the pastry. I couldn't work out what was in it. All I could see was that it was sort of red and hairy and it had a kind of lid that was folded back. It seemed to be a strange jar of some sort. Jean walked back to the counter, shut the lid and picked it up to put it in the fridge. 
Jean smiled as she lifted the jar onto a plate. When she turned, I saw what the hairy red jar actually was. It was a head, and the folding lid was its scalp. The other thing about the head finally burst its way into my terror-struck mind. It was my mum's head. It was my mum's brain going into the pies for tomorrow. I gave a cry, my hands no longer on my mouth. Stumbling back, I knocked over the bin. Jean's head whipped around, she saw me. Jean's eyes were glowing red. Jean moved towards the door. That was a dark Christmas tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about further stories in this series, or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.